afraid. I often think of if I'm bold, it means there's an absence of, of fear or, or reservation. I'm, I just speak the word you know, with boldness. And, and so God has made us witnesses, and we have seen people. You know, it's, I can tell people when they say, oh, y'all still believe people speak in tongues. I can say with boldness, yes, I do. Because I see them filled with the Holy Ghost often. And I see it doesn't matter their age or where they're from or anything like that. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. I've seen people filled with the Holy Ghost, I guess, every day of the week uh, that I can think of or what year it was. It doesn't matter. I've seen that. And you can't tell me any different because I've witnessed that. And I can uh, communicate that to people with boldness. And so when God shows you something, you've seen something, then you know what's going on. And in our opening text, uh, in Acts 4, this is riding on the coattail of the miracle uh, at the temple that Peter and John had just uh, performed. While uh, they were headed into the temple, uh, there was a, a man that was begging alms. He was lame. It said from the time he was born, he, he came into this world not being able to walk. And as uh, Peter and John are walking in, uh, he's asking alms of them. And, and Peter, even then, he makes out uh, uh, a bold statement. He says, look on us. You need to get your eyes right here. And so he's, uh, he's talking to them. He says, look on us and see what's going on. And then he tells him, he said, I don't have silver and I don't have gold. But what I do have, I'm going to give to you. And he takes that man by the hand and he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he pulls that man to his feet. That is bold. But Peter had seen People healed, people uh, raised from the dead. He had saw uh, devils cast out. He knew what the power of the name of Jesus could do. He remembered the sending of the 70 and how they came back and said, even the devils are subject to us through your name. So he wasn't uh, timid in what he did, and he wasn't unsure about what he was about to do because he knew that there was power in the name of Jesus. And we can be bold and pray bold prayers and make bold statements because we know that God will do what he said he will do. And the scripture said, maybe he remembered Jesus saying, and these signs shall follow them that believe. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And and so uh, it wasn't that Peter, uh, he even makes the statement, he said, it's not by, when they're questioned later, he said, it's not by our holiness that this man stands here it's not because of me but it is his name and it's through faith in his name and they were bold because they had seen what the name of Jesus could do and now uh, here is a lame a man who was lame but now he is leaping and praising God and following them into a place that he had not previously uh, been able to enter into because Somebody was bold enough to see a need and say, instead of just passing you by saying, I don't have any change, why don't we give you something that will stop your begging altogether? Why don't we give you something that will satisfy you, that will open a door that you've never imagined? You know that this guy thought, this is my life. But the boldness of two witnesses 
about the name of Jesus and the power of the name of Jesus opens the door for this man to experience something he's never seen before. And not just uh, him only, but then all these people that were in the temple says, ain't that the guy that's normally sitting outside? I just, hey, might have been some of them wanting to go shake him down. I just gave you a dollar because you said you was lame and couldn't walk. Now you're in here dancing around. Changed circumstances. People saw something they'd never seen before. This was the man who was lame. This was the man sitting by the gate, but he's not there anymore because there were two witnesses that knew about Jesus. They knew what he could do, and they knew that even though he's not walking right there with them anymore, that he is inside of them, and they know that his word means what it says. And and they remember just recalling, I'm sure, many conversations and teachings that they had with him, how that if you ask anything in my name, I'll give it to you. And and, uh, so they were not afraid to take this man by the hand and raise him up. And now there's a big... uh, commotion because here's this guy healed and and it causes uh, Peter and John to find themselves in holding while the rulers are trying to decide what to do what are we going to do about this you know uh, this guy uh, they're they're about to turn the world upside down here's a guy that we know has been lame all his life. We've seen him going in the temple. We know who he is. He's there every time we come by. He's always there. We know him. I don't know how old he was, but he, you know, he's, he, now he's of age anyway. And, um, but in their talking and looking at Peter and John, it says that they could tell that they were unlearned and ignorant men. And that might offend you. I don't know if call me ignorant and unlearned. But, you know, I don't care what they call me. You know, sometimes the world, the, the wise, the, the wealthy, the, the ones who are in positions of power, they can't understand your faith in Jesus. They, in their minds, they have risen above uh, such superstition. They have risen above such... Uh, uh, silliness, and as they refer to it, and, and things that are just uh, not true. But it's uh, you know uh, we've even uh, you, you hear it in the world today. People just don't believe in God, and they don't believe in those kind of things, and and they surely don't believe in Christians, and they don't believe in people praying for healings in the name of Jesus. But uh, you know, don't worry about. Uh, it, what they think. It, it doesn't matter what their position is, what their PhD is. It doesn't matter uh, what books they've written or what studies they've done. When you are a witness for Jesus, when you have seen what the power of his name can do, there ain't a degree, there ain't a level of social status that can erase what you've seen and they and in your mind uh in their mind you might just be uh underclass you might be the lower class you might just be uh the religious nut but just go ahead and be the religious nut if you have to be because it comes to a point to where uh they're going to realize what you've done they can't figure it out it says that uh though they had they took knowledge of them even though they Realize these are not educated guys. 
I don't know what, just looking at them, how they could tell that. Maybe it was the calluses on their hands. Maybe it was the clothes they wore, whatever it was. They looked at them, but they said, I can tell that they have been with Jesus. And in verse 4 and 14, it says, And now beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. What you going to say about this man standing here? Hey, we don't believe this Jesus guy. You see this guy? You know him? Yeah. Where's the last place you saw him? I saw him sitting outside because he can't walk. Hey, take a lap. What you going to say about it? You can't, it, it, it was there. The proof was right before their eyes. And, and that's what, uh, uh, let me tell you, being that kind of witness, don't be afraid to pray for the sick. And don't be afraid to pray for it against or any disease. You know, like, oh, that's, whoo, that's, I got to get somebody that can really pray to pray against that. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But you got to believe. And sometimes you've got to believe in the presence of those who don't believe. You've got to believe uh, in a place where they think you're silly, where they think you're ridiculous. You, you know, you've got to, when you step in that hospital room to pray for somebody and the doctors are standing there and you know maybe they don't believe in God. They, they simply believe in medicine and science and, and they're going to hear you saying, in the name of Jesus, raise them up and heal them. And, they, and maybe they'll even snicker under their breath. Doesn't matter. Because I've seen them come out of the hospital beds. I've seen them come out of ICU. I've seen them come off ventilators. I've seen them come back practically from the dead. And so you're not going to tell me that it's senseless to pray for those in the hospital because God is still a healer. And God has called us uh, to be bold, not brash, not uh, egotistical and prideful and, and not to use our boldness as a, a reason to push people around but to simply state what we know. One writer said, I believed, therefore have I spoken. That's bold. You know, sometimes you, it's, uh, without reservation I can tell you that Jesus is a healer. Uh, without reservation I can tell you today that Jesus is a deliverer. That he can set you free from addiction. I can testify to that. And, and so I don't go, I don't know if he can deliver or not. I'm not shy or timid about that because I know that he can take away the craving for, for alcohol or drugs or tobacco and things like that. He can do that because he did it to me. But we need to, these guys, uh, I, I hope that. When people see me, maybe they can see, hey, this guy's spent some time with Jesus. And time spent in prayer. And time spent with him and around him and around his people. And in his service and in the sanctuary. The Bible says one man wanted to see his his power and, and his glory just like he's seen in the sanctuary. And so we do see things in church. We see things in services, and, and I have seen things in services. I made reference the other night about uh, a man that used to come and preach for our camp meetings in, in Milston, and, and we have seen, oh, miracles that were incredible 
uh, healings instantaneous and things like that. And so when you spend time like that, it'll give you a boldness because you know what you've seen. You know what you've experienced. And, and so we will be bold in our words and in our deeds when we spend time in prayer and spend time with Jesus and spend time in his presence. It was an act of boldness for Peter to make these statements. You know, to see a man, I know what, what, what you're thinking. If I see a man sitting on the ground that's lame and I grab him by the hand, I'm going to be dragging him. How many of you would walk up and take him by the hand and say, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk, and then start to, walk, start to try to move him? He said he took him by the hand and started, he's like, come on. I know what you think. You think, I'm afraid I'd be dragging him across the ground. People would be like, hey, what are you doing to that guy? And you'd be screaming at him. I said, get up and walk. <laughs> but see, Peter didn't just come and grab him. Without, he, he just, he, you know, it was very short. But there was, he spoke to that man and said, here's, the, here's what's coming. Look at us. I don't have silver and gold, but what I have, I'm giving you. This man realized, okay, I'm about to get something. Don't just come up and grab somebody and start walking off with them. Let them know, I believe Jesus can heal you. You believe that? Talk to them. Make a connection. And if they say, well, I don't know, what, what are you talking about? He can heal. And then maybe tell them, I've seen God heal people. I've seen him raise them up. And, and that's what he died for. He took stripes. You, may, you might have a, a 30, 40 seconds that you can just pour into them what Jesus can do. And then say, man, if you can believe it, it can happen. I watched a video of a guy doing that one time. They were talking about praying for people and doing things, and, and he would spend 15, 20 seconds talking with them. It's people out on the street in public in parks, and they were walking on crutches or, or sitting there, and the, you, know, you could tell they were in wheelchairs, different things, and he would go up, and, and he'd start praying with them and, they, and, and get them by the hand, and they'd start coming up out of them chairs. And you say, well, you reckon it was staged? I, I don't know if it was or not. I hope it was. I was not right there, but I'm telling you there were a lot of videos showing this guy doing that. And he, he was just bold enough to walk up to people because he believed that Jesus was a healer. And Peter, you know, he said, hey, I have encountered somebody today that needs a healing. I'm going to pray for him. And he felt it. He just, I don't know, he didn't say that the Lord whispered in his ear, go ahead and get his hand. He's going to do this. He just had faith that it would happen. Yes. Well, I don't know, I'm not grabbing anybody. I don't want to get sued. You know, I we, we got a lot of reasons that we, we talk ourselves out of uh, miracles sometimes because of uh, the way this world looks at it, but they weren't worried about what the world was. They were, they were in jeopardy of being beaten and thrown in prison for what they were doing or maybe even killed. But if this is my last act, hey, you know, when there's something, there's something about people with a boldness about them. Now, some, sometimes people, they shy away from that because they're like, mm, I don't like to be out in front. I don't, want no, I don't want nothing. I don't want no confrontation. I don't want no encounters. I just want to hide and sit back and be quiet and observe. And so boldness scares some people. They don't like it. You, know, you ever had that best friend that they would just do anything? Come on, let's jump off this. <laughs> or come on, let's go you know, swing off this. It's just bold, just... Whatever, and you're like, mm -mm, mm -mm. that's not me. But some reason, boldness attracts people. 
You ever, but have you ever heard somebody that was really talking about something? They were just, man, they, they, they knew it so well, knew it so good, you couldn't stop listening to them. You're just drawn to it. You, you, you might be sitting at a table in a restaurant, and you're leaning back like, trying to hear, trying to eavesdrop on them. Man, listen, woo, what are they talking about? It's just, it, it will, bold people, bold witnesses uh, gather people's attention. And when you become that person, yeah, when you become that person uh, baptized with boldness, empowered by the Holy Ghost, then your witness is going to be unmistakable. It'll be irrefutable. Because can't nobody change. Don't ever, man, surely don't ever quake or, or shake on what you experienced in your own life. You know what God did for you. You know how he changed you. you, you can't nobody tell you any different. Somebody try to come and say, oh, I did nothing happen to you. I'm like. You must be a foolish person. You didn't know me at all uh, because it did. And not only that, it will be irresistible to people because there are people looking to get out of the same mess that God got you out of. And they want to know how to do it. And if they see you all of a sudden walking now uh, in power, walking in authority, walking in boldness and telling people about how good God's been, it draws people. And... uh, but with everything that we do, especially uh, being a witness, uh, an important first prayer for us to pray as we become witnesses is for wisdom. He that winneth souls is wise. Remember that talking about that scripture the other day. And so uh, wisdom, we need to know uh, how to do that. James 1 and 5 tells, tells us that if uh, we uh, lack wisdom, then we can ask for it and it will be given to us. And then... But Ecclesiastes 8 and 1 lets us know that wisdom can change us. It says, who is as the wise man and who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine and the boldness of his face will be changed. When you know and when you have wisdom and you know how uh, to witness and you know how to talk to people and you know how to uh, tell people what God's done, it, it changes you. And when you get wisdom about that, it'll help you to be able to uh, help those that are seeking the Lord. You become uh, more attractive, so to speak, to people who are looking for Jesus. They're looking for somebody that they feel like can actually tell them what they need. And so wisdom and boldness is something that we need together. um, Because many people are just not confident in what they can do. They're not confident in the way they communicate. What if I say the wrong thing? What if they ask me a question that I can't answer? I just never know what to say. But the Bible says that the Holy Ghost will give you what to say in that day. And so you don't have to scramble around and say, oh, let me uh, find something right here right quick. You know, if if it leads you to opening a Bible and give a scripture, fine, but... If you'll just listen to what the Spirit's saying, if you've got that Holy Ghost inside you, it'll give you words to say, words of wisdom, words of comfort, words of faith. And so Peter and John, uh, following the healing of this lame man, were released from imprisonment and now commanded, don't ever speak in that name again. Could you imagine if somebody told you, now listen, I know a great miracle's been done here today. But don't you ever, don't you ever let me hear you talking about Jesus again. How many could do that? 
That's impossible, especially to talk to, if they just didn't know Peter and John. I mean, you don't want us to ever talk about the man we walked with for three and a half years, the man that we watched die on a cross, watched him in that tomb, then come back and found him gone, then saw him standing in the midst of us. You don't want us to talk about this guy no more. I'm sure they probably just like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever you say. Probably going out snickering, yeah, you believe that. Uh, but they, they receive these instructions. They go straight into a prayer meeting with the rest of the disciples that are telling them what's going on. And it says in the prayer meeting, this is what they were praying, Acts 4 and 29 and 31. It says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. They started praying for boldness. There's nothing wrong with praying, Lord, make me bold. Uh, if I was in campus ministry, that would be a daily part of my prayer. Lord, give me boldness today because I know that you can feel outnumbered sitting on that campus. I know that you can feel outnumbered when uh, nobody else, especially in school, uh, just doesn't see what you see, doesn't believe what you believe in. Uh, but when the Holy Ghost is inside of you, you are a light shining in this world, and, and you, you are a walking vessel of a supernatural miracle that God filled you with his spirit. And uh, we can't bury this. We've been given this treasure in earthen vessels. We can't put the lid on that and, and bury that and, and hide that. How, how can you not express to somebody, God filled me with his spirit? So they prayed and said, uh, grant unto thy service that with all boldness they may speak thy word. That we can continue to be a witness is what they're saying. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. God answered the prayer for boldness. A church shaking prayer meeting, we have those on Monday nights in case uh, anybody wants to know. Uh, we have those and not only that, people filled with the Holy Ghost all over again. Monday nights is what happens. We, we pray this place is gets turned inside out sometimes and people are just refilled with the Holy Ghost. But it will empower us to go out in this world to our jobs, to our schools, wherever we have to go and be a witness for him. It doesn't just uh, help us to make it another day. People say, oh, I can get a prayer meeting so I can make it another day. Let me tell you, I'm going to make it another day. That's pretty bold. Yeah, you know why? Because God's with me and he's helped me make it. Another day and another day. He's been doing that for over 25 years now. I, I'm going to make it another day. I don't need Monday prayer meeting to see Tuesday. I need Monday prayer meeting to help me be bold. I need Monday prayer meeting to encourage my faith so I can keep doing. Uh, because, listen, I'm not quitting on God. I'm not going to stop living for him. And i got no plans of checking out. But let me tell you this. Uh, I, I don't need Monday prayer meeting so I can come crawling in here on Wednesday. Oh, if I don't get Monday, I'll never make it Wednesday. I'm going to be here Monday because I'm committed to him. I'm going to be here Wednesday because I'm committed to him. And I'm going to be here Sunday because I'm committed to him. But these other, all these things, I don't need Sunday to get to the next Sunday. 
I need Sunday because I want to praise him and worship him and I want to be bold and I want to speak the word of God with boldness. Not, not arrogance, not uh, in hate or anything like that, but I want to be bold so this world can see that there is a God, that there's a God that can help them and set them free and deliver them. And, and so Monday night prayer meeting helps me with that. Yeah, we see miracles and we see people baptized and all kinds of things, and it's encouraging. But you know, it's not Monday that helps me get to Tuesday. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. If they were to shut the doors on this place and we couldn't have Monday night prayer meeting, I'm serving God. But these times of prayer together is what empowers us to be witnesses. And we see people healed in these services. And now it's just God adding to your story, to your testimony, to how you can tell other people, I've seen God heal. I've seen him change lives. I've seen him break chains and deliver. I've seen him fill people with the Holy Ghost. I've seen that. But if you're never in service, if you're never at church, well, I remember way back, well, what's your... You ever see, boy, I sure don't want to get to where the only thing I can remember is what happened 25 years ago. I want to say, man, just yesterday. If I'm going to talk to somebody on Tuesday, I want to say, hey, last night, you should have seen prayer meeting. If it's uh, Thursday, I want to say, whoo, Wednesday night, it was, it was on fire. You know, I want, to, I want to say, you know, Monday, I'm getting up talking about Sunday was off the chain. You know, we, God was moving. I, I want to make sure that I, am, I have a current resume of what's going on in my life with God. I want to keep updating uh, my witness, saying I've seen God move. I've seen him deliver. And, and, you know, after Jesus was gone, Peter and John and all these disciples, they didn't stop going out and healing and delivering and praying for people to be filled, preaching the gospel. They were baptizing people. They kept doing all the things they were supposed to do. And so that's why they just kept going on and on. That's why you found people uh, in prison with stripes on their backs. And, and that's why you found them in den of lions or in coliseums fighting lions or strapped to a burning stake. It's because... There was a boldness in them that no matter what happened, they were not going to quit. And Peter and John were not quitting. And so they prayed, had that kind of prayer meeting, and God empowered them to continue being bold and being a witness. And you know what it says? And the church grew, and it multiplied, and God was adding to the church, and people were being saved, and doors were being opened. Peter had no idea doors that were going to be open. just uh, what we read is a few chapters later, but uh, to come into Cornelius' house and preach to the Gentiles, and, and uh, the man that uh, was terrorizing them was about to become a bold empowered witness Saul was about to become Paul and and become start preaching Christ and and God was doing great things because somebody was bold enough to go and preach the gospel and 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 let God use them and so uh, we will never be a better witness we are always at our best when we are filled with the Holy Ghost not just when we feel the Holy Ghost. That's encouraging. I love to feel the Spirit of the Lord. And, I, and if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you know the difference between feeling it on the outside and feeling it on the inside. There's a difference, you know, sometimes, whoo, it ran over me. You just feel it just like it went by you. Like, whoo, you talk to somebody about something. You're like, whoo, I feel the Holy Ghost. 
It's running over you out, but there's something about when you get down and you're praying for somebody and there's faith well enough, and all of a sudden you feel the Holy Ghost running over the outside and over the inside. See, Jesus said it's going to be like a river of living water, and it's going to be springing forth. It's going to be coming out, and, and, and there's a difference when all of a sudden that faith and that boldness and that witness starts coming out. You know, you feel that. That's whew, The Holy Ghost is in this place. But when it starts, now you know it's inside of you. And that's a whole new experience and a whole new feeling. And, and once God has filled you with the Holy Ghost and you've just relinquished hold and you're speaking in another tongue as the Spirit gives the utterance, you know, it ain't me. This is God speaking through me. There's a boldness that comes with that that the world just can't take away. If somebody sits you down in a room with a reading chart and say, hey, I want you to say this when you start praying, that ain't the Holy Ghost. Or if somebody got in your face and said, Hey, I want you to uh, just say this as fast as you can 85 times, and it'll sound like you're talking in tongues. That ain't the Holy Ghost. Hey, uh, when you start speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance, you'll know that is the Holy Ghost. And nobody will have to tell you, and, and that's a boldness. And it's, a, it's, it's an overcoming boldness. It'll help you to get past what you feel are your personal shortcomings. People that are uh, afraid to... You know, to really get up and, and, and say things or speak in public, well, all of a sudden you see them talking about the Lord. Stand right up. You know, Peter, I mean, you know, he, you feel like you know, he was quick to jump a lot of times, but I would think after some of the uh, times that he was a little quick on the draw, uh, getting rebuked by the Lord, different things, but it was him that stood up on the day of Pentecost, filled with the Holy Ghost. He stood up and he began to say, all these devout men from other nations, these men are not drunk as you suppose. And then he starts preaching to them scripture they know, but he's preaching it to them in a way that now you can understand because they had read it all their life and never got it. And he, he stood there and told them this same Jesus that you crucified. So he knows he's talking to the people that took him to the cross but he's not worried about that because the Holy Ghost has made him bold. And he's made this same Jesus both Lord and Christ. And you know what? It worked because they were pricked in their hearts. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? But what if Peter had said, I just can't do it. I know I got the keys, but I just can't do it. But the Holy Ghost will help you get past your shortcomings. He could, he could have said, but I denied him all these times, and I did this. I messed up. I cut this guy's ear off one time. You know, I rebuked the Lord. Man, uh, I just, I, it's just not me. But instead, the Holy Ghost in him helped him get past uh, these fears. And, and uh, you know, what if, they, what if somebody calls me out on one of these things? Well, let them. Somebody brings up your past after you've been washed and filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, it happened. Oh, you going to preach? You the man to cut that guy's ear off. Sure did. Hate it. Sorry for it. Glad Jesus put his ear back on. Glad he's okay. Can't change it. Made some bad decisions. Don't change what God's done in my life. Don't carry this, these keys I'm carrying either that he gave me. And so I'm preaching for you how to get into the kingdom. Boldness helped him get past who he was and helped him get past his, his past. Sometimes we've got to get past our past. And so God-given boldness will overcome obvious limitations. 
Silver and gold have I none. I don't have anything to put in your uh, plate right there, buddy. But what I do have, you've always got something that'll help somebody. Somebody will say, man, I really need $50. They're going to cut my lights off. Maybe you ain't got $50. But you know what? I'm going to pray that I got faith. You could pray for them. God, make a way. And then they might just call you back and say, you know what? I just got a check in the mail for $75. I'm going to pay my bill and I'm going to get some groceries. Or uh, the light company just called and said they're going to extend my cutoff. You never know what might happen. But pray for it. Be bold and just speak to it. God, don't let this happen. I don't have $50 to give them. If I did, I'd give it to them. But I've got you. And you shall provide all of our needs according to your riches and glory. And so here's what I got. I got faith in the name of Jesus. And, and just pray for that. I know people say, that's, you know, you, man, they'll put you in a white coat. If you keep talking like that. Well, I'm going to have a white robe one day talking like that. They want to lock you up. That's crazy. I've told you before. I've, I've prayed. I have prayed because when I first got in church, and you know, uh, I remember driving to work one day. I didn't have gas, and I didn't have money for gas. And people laugh about it. I, I promise you, if you think it's silly, I don't care. And if you think I'm crazy, I don't care. And if you mock it, I don't care because I know what happened. And I can tell it because I was a witness to it. It was my vehicle. I know how, to, how it drove. I drove it all the time. I was, didn't have enough gas to get home from work. Didn't know what I was going to do. Because I didn't have no money and I didn't want to ask nobody for none. I come back out after work, got in my truck, cranked it up, thinking, okay, let's see how far we get. And it had moved up about over a quarter of a tank up. Didn't fill the tank up. So why didn't God just fill your tank up then? I don't know. <laughs> I wish he had a. But if what I'm telling you is that I said, God, I, I was, I was going to be praying that I was going to make it home yeah. all the way. And if I if I'd have conked out, I'd have conked out and I'd have hitched a ride. But um, I'm telling you that it went from, I know where that needle was. And it wasn't because I was parked on a hill. I was parked in a level parking lot. So everybody that wants to explain it away, just keep on explaining. And I'll just keep on rejoicing and giving God the glory for it because I've seen it happen. And so uh, it, it happens. But, you know, there's always some enemies of boldness. Unbelief is a big one. Unbelief is a big enemy. People just, well, God can... God can do anything, then how come you don't believe he can do that? There ain't nothing God can't do, then why don't people believe he can do that? I'm not saying he's, he's got a self-service station somewhere and you can just pull up every day of the week. You ought to be smart with your money. I wasn't. I spent it on all kind of stuff. and just I was a young person. You, you know, all you young people, y'all don't know how to spend money. You know how you are. I was broke. I spent it as quick as I get it. That's just how I was. So he's like, I'm going to help you because I don't want you walking. But this ain't going to be an every week thing. You're not gonna, you ain't going to pull in here and, oh, Lord, I ain't got no gas again. No, well, then you walking this time. Cause I'm not saying God's going to just do that. But I, uh, unbelief, though, that God can't do that. 
we must believe that God can use us as his witness, and we must believe that uh, what we witness, he's done it, and then that he will act when we pray. We've got to be, uh, we've got to believe. If other people don't believe, I can't help that. Busyness is an enemy of boldness. A busy person is often a distracted person. Hello, Martha. Jesus sitting in your house and you run around trying to take care of everybody else. Missing what you could be getting uh, from the Lord at his feet. But a busy person, uh, it will move your focus away from your call to witness. Busyness can make you unaware of those around you who are just waiting to hear your story. Laziness is an enemy of boldness. Too many of us simply do not witness because we do not want to be bothered. And for this, we must repent. Being a witness, being wise enough to win a soul will cost some time, some energy, some praying, some fasting, some experience. But it will be well worth it. And sin is an enemy of boldness. Sin, whether it's hidden or open, will eliminate our boldness of spirit and can obliterate our witness. An unrepentant heart will keep us from sharing our stories. If we have hidden sin in our life, we don't want to talk about Jesus. Because we condemn ourselves, we feel bad, and it was so. Or if it's openly where people know it, then we don't talk about it because uh, we like a hypocrite. So uh, we get sin out of our life. If we confess our faults, He's faithful to forgive. Get sin out of your life, and then people, if they bring it up, say, "Yes, that was me, but God forgave me." Oh, I know you. You got locked up one time for doing this. I sure did. Got locked up, went straight to jail for it. Sure did. Not still. Hey, guess what? I'm not in jail anymore. And guess what? I don't do that stuff anymore. And, uh, you know, oh, man, I've, you know, you'll talk to me about, even today, you're going to talk to me or post about somebody not drinking the way you used to drink. Keywords are used to. Jesus delivered me from that, and I don't do those things anymore. I stay away from that kind of life. That sin's out here. So I can talk about it because Jesus delivered me from it. Sometimes it's lack of skill that is an enemy to boldness. The power of your witness is multiplied every time you use it. Just like the muscles in our bodies, lack of use will diminish the effectiveness of your witness. Uh, you know, so if you, it's like if you don't use your muscles, how we talked about that one day, I think a week or so ago, how... You notice it. It goes away. But when you exercise, when you use it, when you practice, just like playing an instrument, uh, the more you practice, the more uh, you become uh, accustomed to the instrument. You get better at it. You get more skill. And, and now you're, you're not nervous about playing. But, you know, if you just say you've been taking piano lessons for a week and we say, hey, I want you to play this song in the choir tomorrow, you'd have a stroke. What? I just started taking lessons. Couple, it's... I don't have the skill to do that yet. And so you realize that. But if you, uh, somebody says, well, hey, you've been playing the piano for like 10 years now, ain't you? Yeah, but I don't really ever fool with it, so I'm rusty. You know, you get rusty if you don't use it. If you don't use your witness, use your testimony, if you're not talking to people about Jesus, yeah, guess what? You're going to feel awkward all the time. That should never, talking about Jesus should never be an awkward conversation for us. It may be awkward for the person you're talking to sometimes. But it should never be. It should be natural because he is such a big part of my life. He is the one who loved me the most. 
He is the one who shed his blood for me. He purchased me. Why would I feel strange or reservations about talking about him? I don't have any reservations talking about uh, my loved ones. My, I'll tell you right quick, that's my wife. I'll tell you right quick how pretty she is, how good she can cook. I'll, I'll talk to you about her. Ain't nothing strange about that. That's my wife. I talk to you about my kids. I talk to you about my church people. Uh, tell you how awesome they are because I, I love them. I know you and I believe in you. Why would I be, uh, oh, ooh, ow, I could say something about Jesus right here, but they might not like that. Well, if they don't, they'll tell you. And if they, t- and if they just say, well, I don't want to hear about Jesus. Well, you know what? Jesus said, you get in this city, they won't hear about it. Just dust your feet off and keep moving. He ain't changed. He don't want us to say, you going to listen. Now there's a big fight. And now you're on the news because you're one of those crazy fanatics who threatened people with violence if they didn't listen to you talking about Jesus. And now we're all in the same boat. And now they're knocking on my door want to interview me. How come one of your church people is choking people out trying to tell them about Jesus? And I'm like, I don't know them. I'll pull a Peter on you right quick. <laughs> mm. Well, not really. I just tell them you're being disobedient. I would deny you. Lack of knowledge is an enemy of boldness. Hard to hard to talk boldly about something you know nothing about. And I can't think of any bigger regret that I would have than think I couldn't talk to anybody about Jesus because I know nothing about him. If I don't know something, I'm glad to admit that, but that should not be a common occurrence. We should be able to tell people about Jesus, about him giving his life on that cross, being buried and resurrected from the dead. We, we should be able to tell people how to be saved. If somebody says, what do I need to do to be saved? If you can't tell them that, if you don't know that, please see me after church today so we can fix that because you should at the very least know how to tell somebody what it takes to be saved. And so... Uh, but you, know, you, you tell them what you did. Hey, well, what would you do? You know, just look sometimes. But, but if we don't study, if you, if you don't read God's Word, if you're not listening to preaching, if you're not spending time in prayer and stuff, it, you, you, you're just not going to have the knowledge that you should. And so we need to make sure that we uh, don't, don't let lack of knowledge of the Word of God silence your witness. Don't, don't ever let that happen. And then uh, make sure uh, after we've identified all these enemies of boldness that we now make sure we do like they did and pray for boldness. Honey, you can come to the music. Um, in Acts 4 and 29 again, if you, you'll stand with me. This is, we'll close out. We're going to just pray this prayer together and pray this word like they did. Uh, for the boldness that we had. Even Paul in the book of Ephesians, he, he asked for prayer that he could speak the word of God with boldness and that he could continue with boldness in his life. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't have a problem. You know, when you're praying for your pastor, pray God give him boldness to, to preach the word and uh, to preach because a pastor a lot of times is it's different than evangelist sometimes, you know. 
uh, they, they go, they, God gives them a word to lift the people up and instruct them things. But oftentimes a pastor has to preach the things that the evangelist is going, glad I didn't have to preach that. And, uh, and, and he has to preach things that, but it's for the benefit of the body and, and it's needed. That doesn't make it easy. Uh, sometimes we still worry about how people will be affected because we're never here to offend. And even though I know, well, if the, you know, people say, well, if the word offends them, they got some problems. I get that. I get that. But I still, that doesn't mean I like being the vessel of that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sorry for any word that I preach because even Paul said, if it made you, you know, I am sorry, but I'm not because it made you sorry unto repentance. So even Paul said, I'm, I'm sorry for some things I've said. Uh, was it trying to hurt you? But not sorry because it caused you to examine yourself and call on the Lord. And so uh, it's, it's hard sometimes. It's, it's hard to describe it uh, if you've never experienced it. But uh, this is the prayer they prayed. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. When they prayed, they prayed directly against any kind of force that would hinder them from being witnesses for the Lord. And that's what they were doing here. They were saying, you, you see it, you see their threatenings, but now give us boldness. You see what the enemy wants to do. They want to stop us. They want to keep us quiet. They don't want us to speak in your name, but that is not our desire. So give us boldness so we can overcome our fear, so we can overcome our flesh, and that we can tell this world that they need you, Jesus. And so when we pray for boldness, God hears it. And God answers it because we know after that prayer meeting, it says, then they all went and spake the word of God with boldness. So God will give you that boldness. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you understanding. And he'll give you boldness so you can do what he's called you to do. Let's lift our hands to him this morning and just love him. Thank you, Jesus, for the spirit that lives inside of us. And I'm thankful for all that it brings us and all that it gives us. And Lord, I pray for this congregation today that we will all, Lord, be filled with the Spirit again and that we'll speak the Word of God with boldness. Lord, let us be lights in this world. Lord, we're not here to be, to be rude, to be ugly, to be brash, to be prideful or egotistical. But Lord, we do want to speak the Word with boldness. We do want to be bold in our witness for you, O oh God. So help us with that today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning.